Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The Super Wild Card Weekend is who we thought they were. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Mike McCarthy's analytics guy. I can't believe Tone Setters tricked so many people with that. <laughs> I know. Like, do you see, I think Colin Coward was going off about it. So many verified people on Twitter believed that fake tweet. Terrific. And with me, as always, is AJ. There's a bidding war for Dan Quinn? Marchese. I tried to tell everyone years ago he's the best head coach in, in, the, in the world. All sports. I think... Like the the Broncos or Giants hiring him would just be hilarious. Uh, the Giants are taking more time with this one, right? And they're going to land on the right candidate, and it is Dan Quinn. <laughs> Correct. Today, with the NFL season in the rearview mirror, we're selecting our all rookie team. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft. On fire. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my lady. Driving out to Vegas, baby. Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wager future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Sports drink. Your digital water cooler for sports and not sports. Sometimes it's pop culture. Sometimes it's six-year running backs at Alabama. We've got it all covered at Sports Drink. So head on down to sportsdrink.org and invest your time in the 50-plus weekly shows, the 20-plus live shows across 30-plus states and Canada. Uh, sports Drink. I think they really want you to follow them on, on Instagram, too. They tweeted about follow that Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Twitter. Follow them on LinkedIn. Make a connection today. 2022 NFL Draft Declarations. The, de- the deadline passed on Monday. We'll be doing our Bonanza show tomorrow. Uh, a bunch since we last spoke. Uh, uh, plenty of Alabama players coming off that championship loss. But, of course, I'm going to start with the biggest one. Charleston quarterback Guy Myers. AJ, care to break him down before I name the rest? Yeah, how do you want? Do you want to do twenty-five minutes on the guy? Yeah, the guy. Call him the, the guy. guy was dumb. Yeah, the guy. The six guy. six two ten from Woodbridge, Virginia. Played at Forest Park High School. If you don't remember, which I'm sure you do remember, I've watched every one of his games there. Also played at Mississippi Delta Community College and Northeast Oklahoma. The two powerhouses of the respective yeah. uh, states. Amen. A uh, bunch of big names, too. USC running back, Keontae Ingram. Georgia running back, Zamir White. Alabama's trio of receivers, Jamison Williams, John Menchie, and the GOAT, Slade Bolden. Uh, Georgia receiver, George Pickens. UCLA receiver, Kyle Phillips. Virginia tackle, Ryan Nelson. LSU guard, Chasen Hines. Iowa center, Tyler Linderbaum. Before I go to the defense, let's let's do a little talk with those guys. Um I, were you surprised to see John Mechie declare? Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. I, I want to say. Were you more? Were you more surprised to see Slade Bolden declare? <laughs> I didn't think Slade would ever leave Tuscaloosa. I'll say that. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk. We're going to talk about this tomorrow, I assume. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, like Jamison Williams, I still believe is going to go in the first round. John Mechie, I, I honestly have a hard time seeing him getting into the second round, despite the torn ACL, as long as both their knees check out at the uh, in Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then George Pickens, another really interesting one because he could end up just given the lack of production this year, ten months removed from the torn ACL, he could still end up a potentially a top fifty pick with first round talent who goes in the second round, and end up being one of the bigger steals of this class. Definitely. I mean, I don't know. I think I think if you were to ask me what you are right this second, uh, I think I would have, per, like, I don't know. Oh, who's texting you? Don't you worry about it. That's uh, that's your, your, your contacts in Athens and Tuscaloosa. About to give me shit for saying. Stetson Bennett is returning to school. <laughs> I was about to say, I kind of would have liked to see Mechie and, and Pickens go back and have a healthy year and kick fucking ass in the SEC. Um, I I agree, but cash in when you can, and yeah. if you're gonna be a day two pick, which I think he will be, yeah, it makes sense. I, I think Samir White, honestly, of all these guys, is the most interesting because the running back class, although I think it's deep, isn't um. Th- th- there's not a lot of guys I think you can point at and say this guy could be a true starting running back in the league, and if Samir White tests well. And sneaks into the back end of the third round. I'm not saying I would do it, but given the Georgia pedigree, I I, I just yeah. I don't really know where his stock is right now. That's a good no. That's an interesting one. I again I lean with you. Where if you had to give me like if I had to put money on it right now, and you're giving me decent odds, you know I, I'm making a little bit of a move on this, a couple of units here and there. Um, I would bet on on White being a top uh, top 100 pick because, like you said, the pedigree, uh, not just Georgia, but being a big recruit. Uh, his name just feels like it's been on the tips of draft people's tongues for multiple years now, too. You know what I mean? It's not just like going into like the last few seasons. He's been one of the top running backs in terms of that. To, maybe to our chagrin, but alas. Um, so I, I think I think <laughs> I think push comes to shove, he's a top one hundred pick. Um, but, and but that's a good point, though. Yeah. With Tyler Linderbaum, I feel like everyone's going to have him. He's going to be a consensus top 10 guy on every person's, every media person's board, and then he's going to follow the top 10 and then be Creed Humphrey level as a rookie. Should be. Yeah, absolutely. Would you take him top 10? Like, obviously, given right now we're not prepared for those types of questions, but answer it anyway, AJ. <laughs> In this class, I think so, yeah. Yeah, like, given how weak overall the class is, uh, I agree. Uh, moving to a couple of the defensive guys, a lot of big names here. Um, Georgia defensive lineman Trevon Walker, Bama edge Christopher Allen, who ended up missing this whole season pretty much. Uh, Georgia linebacker Nicobe Dean, Alabama linebacker Christian Harris, Alabama cor- corner Jalen Armour Davis, Kansas State safety Reggie Stubblefield, and uh, Texas Tech kicker John- Jonathan Garibay, who had a really good season. He, he looked good in the bowl game. I'll say it. You want to give us give us a big breakdown of Garibay? He he he's got a huge leg. I'm not I'm not kidding. I think this he, is. He, I feel like this kicker and punter class is good, but it hasn't gotten enough attention yet. Yeah, that well, that's where we come in. It's our expertise. Jake Moody's on it though. That's that's a big move. The Groza big winner. time. Yeah, big time. <laughs> um, Christian, Harris? I think with both. Is that right? Well, I was gonna say Sorry. starting with Walker and Dean. I think two guys who both end up in the first round. Yeah. Two guy two guys who Dean um is gonna slay in interviews with teams. Yes. And and Trevon Walker, I think, is just a football guy's guy. Just the type of roles he had to play at Georgia that didn't really showcase his natural talents and was more of like the workman who moved around to help showcase other guys. Uh, I think they're Trevon Walker's already had that big Glow up from a bit of an unknown a couple months ago to, I think being a consensus first round guy, and then Dean's become one of the most likable players in college football and one of the most electric on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I I mean, if I if I were to throw together without knowing where anyone's going to end up, defensive rookie of the year odds, like he's got he's going to be top five, I think. Uh, yeah, top five, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the it'll probably be a lot. Of, it'll probably be edge heavy as the class is, you know, in the in the in the odds there. And, 
Yeah, I kind of think it'd be the t- the top like three edge guys, and then Dean and Devin Lloyd probably. Probably, yeah, that makes sense. Which it's it's funny we 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 talk about Dean in this way because Christian Harris is kind of supposed to be that guy. Oh, sorry, and and, uh, Chris- and probably Kyle Hamilton. I throw in the and throw in the top. Oh yeah, that that that's true. Yeah, um, but Christian Harris obviously over the summer was one of the guys who I swear we were seeing him like top ten pick. Yes. Uh, area, and it, he didn't have a bad season. I just think. People got overexcited about a three-year starter at linebacker for Bama who's been productive. I don't think the tape ever matched that top 10 status. Like, I don't think he took a step back in his play this year. I actually think he played better this year. Ended it on a high note, too. Oh, I mean, lost. Yeah, just a really good game in the Natty, yeah. Oh, overhyped from the beginning. Um, I'm interested to see where he ends up. I'm assuming he's going to end up on day two. Yeah, agreed. But uh, back half, I think. The linebacker class is, I I think it's one of the more interesting groups, um, given that I think we've got two, two borderline locks, top twenty five in Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean, and then a lot of depth behind that with with Chad Muma with Christian Harris, um, I mean we saw Demone Clark and Dane Brugler's second round mock today. We've got Brian Asamoah, Terrell Bernard, Quay Walker. Uh, Channing Tindall all going to the Senior Bowl. They're they're all going to help themselves. JoJo Doman's a guy who's got a huge following, uh, and, and a bunch of fans on draft. Or like it's a really cool linebacker class. And oh, Leo Chanel too at, at Wisconsin, elite riser. Um, and I, I I'm really interested to see kind of how it stacks up and how it falls on uh, on the three days of the draft. I think there's gonna be a lot of productive NFL linebackers in this class. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good for uh, our NFL. Rookie show next year, and we're just just a lot. We 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 throw out QB uh, rundown because the quarterback class sucks. Linebacker <laughs> rundown, it is. I mean, we didn't have that that many this year, right? I mean, we had the big ones, but then other than that, I feel like well, it wasn't that. We, yeah, I mean, we'll get to it with our all rookie team, yeah. but like, I I think only one rookie linebacker prior to injury was playing at an excellent level, and kind of after that. I don't know. It's a, it, there were, there was like four productive rookie linebackers. Yeah, it really wasn't a lot. I mean, Zayvon Collins obviously the big disappointment too. Yeah. Um, senior Bowl acceptances. Yeah, let's hear it. You uh, you you think Nagy's gonna do another show to announce these ones? <laughs> he should absolutely. Uh, we got four more. Uh, Missouri running back Tyler Beatty. I am so happy to see Me that. Me too. Yeah, that's that's the uh, fun one. Nagy's obviously a listener of the show. Uh, Kentucky interior offensive lineman Luke Fortner. Oklahoma defensive lineman Isaiah Thomas. UCLA nose tackle Otito Ogbonia. Who dropped out? Um, he did? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm asking who dropped out with these four oh. coming in. Well, Nagy's a, a master of the internet, so you can't actually figure it out <laughs> unless you like memorize the roster. He's a genius. Three weeks ago. But... uh. I, I'm most excited, obviously, with this group, with Tyler Beatty, a guy I've, I've been kind of banging the table for for a year and a half now. Um, one of the most productive rushers in the country this past year, 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, um, in his first year as the lead back, yeah. but had spent had spent the previous two years as their pass catching back behind Larry Roundtree of the Chargers. Uh, caught 54 passes this year on top of it all, too. Kind of a, a bit of a mighty mouse, great contact balance and, and, and uh, quickness, um, despite uh, a lack of size. And I don't think he's got big, big burners or anything, but he, he his spatial awareness, I think, is really impressive uh, and great hands. So the thing with him getting the senior bowl in fight, I need to see what he can do as a route runner. Uh, Missouri did a good job getting him the ball as a pass catcher, but if we can see him running the route tree and running it well, I think that could be big time for him, uh, a la Demetric Felton. Yeah, and I think he is going to look good in those situations. And I think he can help his stock as much as any other running back there. Like I think the situation is pretty perfect for him. Running back groups are really fun, despite running backs not getting a ton, a ton out of these types of uh, yeah. all-star weeks. Yeah, for sure. Um, Fortner's also an interesting late ad. Um 
I don't think he's uh, a draftable guy. I was watching him yesterday. But uh, a six-six interior offensive lineman who's started at center and guard for a good Kentucky offensive line. Stoops and the boys know how to recruit Ohio. Mm-hmm. He's from there. Um, that's that's a priority free agent who can add you add interior swing ability. That I I I, I type the type of guy I love as an undrafted free agent. Um, so I, I was a, I was a little excited watching him to see see uh, see that type of size in, in positional versatility. Good run blocker too. Unsurprisingly, playing at Kentucky. Um, Isaiah Thomas is like kind of a, a tweener himself, playing uh, five tech. Playing edge. I thought you were going to say basketball <laughs> and football. <laughs> oh, what can he do? That was bad. Um, and then Ot- Otito's a big old nose yeah. tackle. Yeah. I kind of like him. I, I, th- I figured you would. You liked a, a UCLA defensive tackle in last year's class. Uh, I'm a sucker for UCLA for IDLs for some reason. Yeah, but, but what's his name? Uh, the bull in the china shop from a couple years ago. Yeah, oh, my God. Fuck, I can't think of his name now. Played for the Raiders. Greg? I'm pretty sure. Is the name Greg? No, I don't know. Just Greg. So. It was one name, I'm pretty sure. Just, just Greg. Fuck, that's bad. I can't remember. Yeah, continue. I'll Google it. Um, I like getting the nose tackle to the to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Senior Bowl, I'm, I'm very excited. Just got my, uh, not not the flex, just got my uh, my media package. Um. Which means we're gonna have tape. We're gonna have lots of tweets. We're gonna have everything you need. Senior Bowl week. Did they uh, give you any Reese's in there? Uh, yeah, but just the just the like the three pound really big one. That's that's sick. It's gonna take me a couple days to eat. Should should feed my family. Did you get a lanyard? Yeah, AJ. It was an email, so no. Did you get a handwritten letter from Jim Nagy himself? Yeah, yeah. And no, wait, let me check. I can print off the lanyard. Perfect. <laughs> hey, they should do that. Anyways, I cannot yeah. figure out this fucking player's name. Go on. I'm Googling. Keep this in the show. Raiders UCLA defensive <laughs> I tackle. I looked through so draft important. classes for some reason. This is, that would have been way easier. It to took do. me Eddie, Eddie Vanderdose. Uh Oh, he was, he was on the 49ers offseason roster. And he'll be there. He'll make the play in the Super Bowl to win it for him. I'm calling it now. He'll be back. Oh, good to know. So, yeah, UCLA defensive tackles. AJ's, uh, AJ's niche, and uh, you'll hear why <laughs> as we go through our 2021 all NFL rookie team. I'm, I'm so niche with it, I forget their names. Uh, starting with the offense, the quarterback position, do you have Mac Jones here? Yeah, Go no wait no go fish. I do have Mac Jones here, Rob. Um, it it wasn't like a exciting. I'm trying to think of previous exciting rookie quarterback years. It Justin Herbert. It wasn't as exciting as Justin Herbert. It, w- it wasn't as exciting as Kyler Murray or even hey, Joe Burrow before the injury. It wasn't as exciting um, as Baker Mayfield. That fair, but it was efficient. He ran their offense well. He did what he needed to do. Threw, threw for 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns. Um, by far the most productive and consistent of the quarterbacks. P- partially because product of the system to a, to an extent. Best landing spot, best offensive coordinator, week-to-week, best best game plan. Uh, best they ran the hell line. out of the yeah. – Yeah, best offensive line. They ran the hell out of the ball. They got really creative on offense. Um, Josh every, McDaniels did a hell of a job. Every second class was a screen, and defense had no idea it was common. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, kudos to him. You you couldn't get much better, I think, given what I expected. Like he far exceeded my expectations as a rookie. Almost four thousand yards, pretty impressive. Uh, the thirteen picks isn't great, especially for for him, but he's a rookie. Uh, Twenty two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, he exceeded my expectations too. Got the team to the playoffs. Um, Got actually and, fucking and like, smoked by the Bills. Circle the wagon, baby. But regardless, it, it, it's a, it says a lot that like I, I put my runner up for each position too. Me too. It says a lot that like I think Davis Mills was the clear runner 100% up. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, mine too. I I will I will and I have argued that Justin Fields, if you take his best couple of games, I think overall those games are more impressive than pretty much any other rookie quarterback. And obviously Trevor Lawrence ended it on a high note. Um and Trey Lance never really – Trey Lance was good, consistent, fine when he was in there. He didn't have a ton of opportunity. Yeah, he's going to make the uh, play to set up Eddie Vanderdose's big play in the Super Bowl. 
Yep, agreed. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I do wish we had a whole season of Justin Fields because I I think he would have he would have at least maybe not been the the rookie team quarterback, but I, I think he would have at least got the title as of uh, most exciting rookie quarterback. I think he would have had a shot to to usurp Mac Jones, especially from us who uh, are not Mac Jones stands. Can I break some news to you? Please. Sources inside Michigan think Jim Harbaugh would take the Las Vegas Raiders job if offered. Too bad Rich Rich ain't giving it up. Are you? This is not the time, but do you think they're just going to hire Rich? They like him too much, Uh, the players apparently. I I think that Mayock would have been back if that was the plan. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. They wouldn't be hiring, uh, interviewing other head coaches. Anyways, Um, yeah, yeah, I mean – Imagine I told you uh, four months ago that Davis Mills would be your runner-up for offensive, uh, for the quarterback on this team. Would you believe me? And, no. And I thought it was a bad pick, but also somehow wasn't I didn't. in but the moment. I secretly liked him. Don't forget. In the in the moment, I, uh, I I feel like it was overshadowed by Kyle Trask. Yes, going, it was. It was. Going the, the, right, before the, the, the right before him. Yeah. And, I mean, Kellen Bond went before him too, right? Like. Quarterbacks get pushed up the board, but I guess sometimes they end up being a pleasant surprise, like old Davis Mills. I'm, um, I'm, I hope he keeps he keeps getting a chance, like to prove that he, he should. This, this quarterback it. class is too stinky for yeah. them to yeah. overdraft a quarterback. I think um, the more interesting, maybe the most interesting, all rookie team position is the running back. You think so? I don't think so. Do you think it's Najee Harris? I gave it to Najee, but I just don't think it's interesting because none of these guys like are overwhelmingly yeah this is my guy that's why i don't think it's interesting but i think i think there is a debate i I agree there well i i think my argument is that naj had way more touches than everyone else but he had a handful of i I know i'm biased because i I wanted so much he had the worst offensive line yeah which wasn't helpful um obviously put up by far the most yards I just wonder what would have what would Javante Williams have done if he had as many touches? Much more. He, yeah, yeah. Right. He 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 averaged uh, half a yard more per carry. Yeah. Uh, averaged more per catch. Had I don't know if he finished, but uh, near the end of the season, he had the highest tackle breaking rate of any running back in the in the league. Um, and I, it's yeah. not to even say he should have got more touches because Melvin Gordon had a really good year. Uh, and they, the Broncos did a very good job of not overusing anyone. Uh, I just I just wonder what what would it have been like, or what would it have been like if Elijah Mitchell doesn't get hurt? Elijah Mitchell had the second most rushing yards among these guys, the highest highest average per carry. Obviously, he's the least used in the passing game, uh, and you can also point to pro- partially a product of the 49ers Kyle Shanahan run scheme yes. and a strong offensive line. But I don't know. I do think it's an interesting conversation. I do. Think what would Javante Williams do if he had as many touches as Harris? What would Harris do if he had as, as good an offensive line as Mitchell? It's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, but like, yeah, no, there's, I agree that there, like, Najee Harris is probably not clear cut. Um, no, I, I think, I think he will be it for every all rookie team. Yeah, but I think, I think it's more murky than people will lead on. Oh, I hundred percent um, agree. I don't think this was. Like, the thought crossed my mind to go elsewhere. Absolutely. I mean, um, my second runner-up probably is Eli Mitchell, to, to be completely honest. Um, and then Williams right behind. And and then Michael Carter fourth. Yeah, and, and Carter probably would be sniffing closer if he didn't get hurt. He didn't too. get hurt, yeah. And wasn't on a terrible football team. Um, Javante Williams getting 40, 43 catches this year, I feel like, went under the radar, too. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I will say the amount of touches... It's a credit to Najee Harris, too, though, is it not? I know it's like, okay, you just fed, fed, fed. But as a rookie, that's something to be said. Yeah. Honestly, they made the playoffs, right? Like, he was invaluable. Yeah, we did. (laughs) He was invaluable, yeah. He had his best games late in the year when they needed to win. So, I would put it this way. Najee Harris is the most valuable running back. Okay. And that's why I give him. Yeah, he played a ridiculous amount of snaps. That's why I give him the number one seats. Okay, well, we're giving it to him. I do just want to say on this running back, Class as a whole. What would Travis Etienne have done under Urban Meyer? Would Urban Meyer still have a job? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, also, the Trey Sermon pick just looks horrendous. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I, we both like Trey Sermon a lot, too. 
There's and I mean in the fourth round, all 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 uh, all the running backs taken in the fourth round, productive for the teams. Michael Carter and Wang Wu, who uh, may or may not be on this team somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson became a great compliment to Damian Harris and could carry the load when needed. Mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard stepped up big when CMC got hurt. Like all four of those guys, and, Ke- and Kenny Gainwell was the the only back of the fifth round. Elijah Mitchell was the first back of the sixth round. Don't draft running backs early. Correct. That's my take. <laughs> um, moving to receiver. Pretty clear cut who uh, the, the, the top receiver option is here. Jamar Chase. Set the, the rookie record. Finished here with 81 grabs for uh, 1,455 yards. 13 touchdowns. A ridiculous 18 yards a catch. I mean, what what can you say? We had the the the... Smoke over the summer that he couldn't catch, couldn't see the ball, had a horrible preseason. We were all out on him. Panay Sewell was the way better pick. Uh, Bengals make the playoffs. Bengals are still alive. They won the, on Super Wildcard Weekend. He had a fantastic game against the Raiders. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the thing that uh, translated best that I didn't realize was going to translate so quickly for him, not that I didn't think he was worthy of a top-ten pick, but uh, just how dominant he is after the catch, how he can turn any grab into a, a house call, um, and just uh, everyone talked about how he's kind of built like despite not being one of those shorter, stocky backs, he had this lower body that was built like a running back. Yeah, and he just runs through tackles. He's doing it at the NFL level, and uh, I mean, him and Justin Jefferson having been on the same team, just wild. With Joe Burrow, and yeah, it's it's pretty fucking crazy. Um, it's kind of strange how easily um, yards after catch translates in the NFL. Like you think, like you know, when you're a physical specimen of a wide receiver and you're you're dominating these this lower level competition, you wouldn't think that's like something that would translate so immediately. But we see time after time, like I, both of us didn't think it was going to work with AJ Brown, and it has in, to to as much capacity as it can. Uh, I mean, we both thought Debo would work, and it's working even more than I think we would have thought. Like, it, yeah. it's really impressive how quickly these guys, like, immediately, it's it's just translating. So I think that's something just to go forward as, um, you know, as we so evaluate these more guys. Yeah, Traylon Traylon Burks top ten pick. I, okay, look, we're super early in the process. I would be surprised if Burks is in my wide receiver one. I'll say that. Oh, I like to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big uh, Garrett Wilson guy, but uh, I like to hear that. I thought that since, um, since October, but yes, we'll see what happens. Now, for the other two wide receiver spots, throw in Jalen Waddle in the slot, I presume. Absolutely. Yeah, that's an easy Set one. Broke Anquan Bolden's uh, receptions record, had 104 in the season, 1,015 yards, just 9.8 a catch, seven total touchdowns. Um, he just transformed his game to fit what the Dolphins needed him to do. He went from being the ridiculous deep threat big play guy at Alabama opposite Devonta Smith to being this like slot possession guy who – was always open uh, on that RPO offense that Tua needed to have uh, the Dolphins run. <laughs> and he uh, he became Mr. Consistent. Yeah, I think that's such a credit to him. You know, like, and I have no doubt that Waddle is going to be one of the best receivers in the league the next 10 years. Like, I, think I, I just the, the I just want to see what happens when you can get a quarterback and can push it downfield, right? Because, like, it, it, I mean, not, not that it wasn't awesome watching him go 8 for 80 every week. But I'd love just seeing what he had done at Alabama the yeah. previous three years. Like, he averaged 21 yards a catch uh, his final year at Alabama. And he comes in the NFL, he's averaging 9.8, but setting the, the rookie – or the yeah, the rookie receptions record. Yep. Like, let's get him a, a quarterback who can push a little further downfield and, and see how ridiculous his talent uh, is. Or even if they keep Tua, they, let's get him a, a coach that can scheme him open, you know? Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. I mean, I think any Jalen Waddle could be McDaniel's Debo. Yeah, uh, you said it. You said it. Um, so the other wide receiver position, that's that was the one I got hung up on a little bit. Mm-hmm. I gave it to Devonta Smith, who I I mean I waxed poetic about him on last week's show about him setting the rookie, the Eagles rookie receiving record, him being, like having. Well, Jamar Chase and Jalen Wall had every opportunity. Devonta Smith didn't get the same opportunities because of that offense. Uh, 
I think he was open a lot more than the total yards show. Still finished with 64 grabs, 916 yards. Uh, it was kind of everything that they needed him to be. Um, yeah. But Amal Ross St. Brown, I think, is the guy you're arguing him against. And Amal Ross St. Brown became the Lions' best player on offense for a, for a little like seven-game stretch at the end of the year. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, originally we had a flex like we did last year and Rob's like, no, you fucking moron. There's only 11 players on offense. So originally I, I had Devontae Smith for my last receiver and Amon Ross St. Brown for my flex. So I don't want to discredit Amon Ross. What a year he had. Almost a thousand yards, 90 catches. Like, and like you said, just came on late and they were using him in the run game. Like seven carries, 61 yards, productive as fuck and a touchdown. And they were, they were doing so much fun stuff with him. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be an absolute stud going forward. Um, I still give it to Devontae Smith, though. I, I think, like, okay. <clears throat> Devontae Smith almost like, meant, meant – I, I don't know if I, this is going to be right. He was just, like – like he was one of the like, – you know, with Chase and Waddle. Like, he's an alpha dog in that passing game, too. Like, he, he in, in terms of, like, what he meant to the passing game, just oh, yeah. as much. They, just I mean, as much, if not more, because, you know, at least Higgins is good. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. Like, the, the, the Bengals and the Dolphins had other pass catchers. The Dolphins had Gusecki. The Bengals have a ton. Boyd, Higgins. Uzama. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles obviously have Dallas Goddard, but. And Jalen Rager, yeah. It's like Jalen Rager and, and Quez Watkins did not yeah. do very much. And yeah. Devonta Smith, I, I like, not to harp on Jalen Hurts too much, but in a different offense with a different quarterback, I think Devonta Smith clears a thousand yards easily. Yeah. And I mean, he was only 44 away in that terrible exactly. offense. Exactly. No, I, I totally uh, agree with you. Tight end, it's not even a conversation. Kyle Pitts broke the rookie receiving record for a tight end. Mike Dicka's record. Uh, old Iron Mike. Um, crazy One touchdown. Yeah. Crazy that him. we talked about oh. him as this generational tight end who could come into the league and immediately be a top five tight end. And he lived up to it, and it still feels like he's – got so much further to go to reach his potential because he's so talented and the Falcons just didn't do a great job consistently using him. Like one week he he go for 160 against the Dolphins, the next week he has 13 yards against the Panthers. Like there were a handful of games in this season where he looked like he could be the best tight end in the league, one of the best weapons, one of the 10 best weapons in the league, complete mismatch. There are other games where he he disappeared because the Falcons didn't do a good job with him. Um and I'm saying that as a compliment because yeah, I just yeah. think like this is a potential 1500 yard tight end. And I think like with all that, like you said, all the hype going into the season, he lived up to it. Maybe he surpassed it other than only having one touchdown, but that is on the Falcons. Like we've talked about on the show before. Um, and now it almost feels like he's underappreciated, which is, yeah, which is what always happens. But regardless had a thousand yards, almost 70 catches, Needs to fit like they need to get him going in the red zone. Uh, like uh, stupid. Like that's uh, that's very stupid. Um, you should have given it to Pat Fryer because he had seven touchdowns in my opinion. But um, no, I mean Pitts was special. I mean they need to figure out what the fuck. <laughs> like I don't know. Like <laughs> Pitts was the right. Like I don't know. Pitts is so great, but like I hate that they took him. Like especially like I hated it at the time, and I kind of hate it more now. But he's gonna shine even if he was in the worst franchise in in any sport. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. He's just that fucking good. Uh, you mentioned Fryermuth, who I think is clearly the runner-up here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's not close. Si- yeah. 60 grabs, 7 touchdowns was Big Ben's safety blanket. Looked like a young Keith Miller. Um, the the other two guys I want to mention just in terms of pass catchers are Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore, who both battled injuries this year, but both look like they're going to be very good players for a very long time. Yeah, if we if we were doing a, a runner up after Amon Ra at wide receiver, it'd be Elijah Moore for me. Um, yeah, he he had stretches of just absolute dominance too, and like you said, banged up, and the team stinks, and their quarterbacks even stinkier. Like <laughs> when he was cooking, uh, there there was no like like he had stretches where he was as good as as Jamar Chase and, and Jalen Wall. You know what I mean? Like there was that couple game stretch where he was just unstoppable. Maybe it was one or two <laughs> games, but yeah. And with Bateman, I, I thought he did a good job at times. The Ravens didn't give him a ton of opportunity to do it, but showcasing his ability as that first-round Keenan Allen-type chain-moving yeah. guy, yeah. but also as that 50-50 ball guy. Tyler Huntley specifically 
was giving him a lot of opportunities to win those 50-50 balls downfield, and he was doing it. And I just really hope the Ravens feature him more uh, next year. Yeah, Lamar Jackson like only gives uh, Mark Andrews Hollywood. a chance. And ho- yeah, and ho- well, Hollywood's Hollywood, open. Gonna, yeah, he just Hollywood's constantly open. Yeah, Hollywood could be the best receiver in the league if he could catch. Hundred percent. Like I'm not, he's so he's so good. He just can't catch. Uh, yeah. So it's like I think I think it's just more and more. Uh, Rashad Bateman just be on the field more with Lamar Jackson, and you know having a full off season uh, and working with him. You know what I mean? And just become comfortable with him. Cause don't forget, like he he was banged up all all off season, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, moving to offensive line, we had some great offensive line play. Yeah, I mean, Creed, I mean, spoiler, Creed Humphrey's clearly our center. Uh, Sorry, Rob. What a spoiler. Uh, an all-time Rashad, rookie center season. Yeah, no, he, uh, I think if you, if you were to say that the five best rookies in general, he's in it. Yep, um, yep. Starting center for potential Super Bowl favorite Kansas City Chiefs. Helped really settle that offensive line after having a tough year last year. Was the best offensive lineman on that team throughout the season. Yep. Him and Joe Thune really looked good together. Another rookie maybe to his right wasn't too bad himself. Uh, but, yeah, I th- like with, without a doubt, Creed Humphrey's the center on this team. And the runner-up, I think, like Josh Myers doesn't get hurt. I think he's pretty clearly ha- like the next guy. Yeah, I think that's fair. And he still is, despite getting hurt. Yeah, but it's a it's a pretty big drop off. <laughs> yeah, that I, there's probably no bigger drop off between the, the starter and, and the runner up on this whole team, right? Uh, well, we haven't gotten to kicker yet. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, Creed Humphrey it does, has not gotten enough credit for what he's done this year. And I, I hope think I hope he's the getting, Chiefs, he's, yeah, he's getting the credit from the people you expect him to get the credit from. But yeah, that's not necessarily the right people uh, in terms of accolades. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I hope if they make it to the Super Bowl, I hope there's a he big did, chunk of NFL Network coverage, Senior Bowl week, uh, Super Bowl week, uh, giving credit to him. You know what I mean? As the one of the hundred like, specials they do. Yeah, as the Pro Bowl correspondent on the show, it's ridiculous he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I look. I don't. I don't really understand why because. You know, well, it's I not like he's... ten centers in, and he wasn't <laughs> one of them somehow. <laughs> and it's not like he's not on a marquee team either. So I, I don't. Yeah. Know. Uh, going to the guards, right next to him, I think Trey Smith deserves a spot on this team. One hundred percent agree. I think the other guard spot is is the debate, uh, but I think Trey okay. Smith is a lock. Yeah, and Trey Smith, it, it, it's it's funny because if you watch his tape at Tennessee. There was times he looked like a first-round player. Yes. Times he looked like a third-round player. But, obviously, the blood clot issues, it seemed, pushed him all the way to the sixth round. And when the Kansas City Chiefs took him, every other NFL GM thought to themselves, oh, fuck. We fucked up. And Trey Smith came in, started 17 games, all 17 of them, and looks like a 10-year starter at right guard. The only thing I think you can point to for that needs to improve, cut down on penalties, mm-hmm. but he's a massive mauler. Their offensive line, the interior specifically, is ridiculous for the next couple of years with Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith. You're, you're waxing so poetic today. I like it. Uh, no, 100% agree. And I, I mean, love offensive linemen. Hog mollies are my guys. You know what I think is stupid? Like, like even if you like just took him off your board for medical reasons. Yeah. Uh, like a fifth round pick, even if he just like, even if before the draft, your med- your doctor's like, Trey Smith can only play one year. I know that's not how medicals work, but I'm just saying, Trey Smith can only play this season. He's still worth a fifth round pick at, at worst. You know what I mean? Like he still shouldn't have gone as late as he went. NFL overthinks things sometimes, and they're stupid sometimes, oftentimes. And Trey Smith should have went higher than he did, and that's that's one of so, the most so, clear things in the whole draft. Yeah. So you're arguing uh, he should have been. You know what? The fifth round offensive lineman, not so bad, actually. Jalen Moore had a pretty good year for the 49ers when he had to play. Yeah. L- Larry Borum, future at right tackle in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Jamie's not so much. Tommy Doyle caught a touchdown and is a that guest of the so show. Happy. Yeah, big shout out. Congrats, Tommy Doyle. Uh, go win the Super Bowl. Amen. Uh, okay, so the, the the other guard spot, I think it it, it is deserved for, Cre- or for Landon Dickerson. 
Okay, I'm not going to push you back too hard. I gave it to AVT. My runner-up was Leonard Dickerson. I don't really – I'm not banging the table for either here, though. I will also say Royce Newman and and Quinn Miners, I thought if there would be like a third team, those would be the guys. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a a good take. Uh, Landon Dickerson, especially in the back half of the season, what he was doing with Jordan Mulata on the left side of that offensive line kind of transformed the Eagles – team i know they're beating up on bad teams to make the playoffs but they became one of the most dominant physical run offenses in the league um landon dickerson looked at home playing with jason kelsey with jordan Mulata. uh so good at guard that like when they took him we weren't sure if is he the center of the future when kelsey retires uh is he just gonna be a guard now i think he's just gonna be their starting left guard for the next 10 years uh, yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think like the, there was there there were some games, especially against the Giants. Leonard Williams got the best of them a couple times, but I, I think ultimately what he did throughout the year as a run run blocker on on a playoff team is was more impressive than what AVT did. Yeah, okay. So I'll make the case for AVT here. He started every single game. He missed like a couple snaps in week like fifteen or no, sorry, he missed week sixteen, didn't he? Yeah, so almost every single game and played almost every single snap for the Jets this year. Up and down at times, and, and Dickerson was was you know he he took a couple games to get his footing, but he definitely was great down the stretch. AVT, I, I don't think he was ever special. I don't think he was ever special, but on a terrible offensive line, he was the best uh, the best player every week probably. Yep. No, I, I, no disagreement there. I just think Landon Dickerson's highs were higher. Okay, fuck it. I like Landon Dick, Landon Dickerson more. And I had him higher on my board, so I'm fine uh, with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you gotta make yourself look smart. That's what I'm doing. Uh, the two tackles. Easy. It's like Rashawn Slater without a doubt. Yeah. And I think still pretty much without a doubt, Panay Sewell. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Rashawn Slater was one of the best offensive tackles we've ever seen in terms of rookie play. Uh, Tristan Wirfs did it last year, too. And it's funny because I think you made that comparison at a point in time. Like, Sean Slater's going to be Tristan Wirfs of this class. Yeah, when, when they took him, I think I see. Yeah. yeah, he, like, fell too far. It was stupid. Now, the only thing was he didn't, he didn't get to the playoffs. But they should have. That was the only, that was the only thing where, where Wirfs and, and Slater split, right? Yeah. Uh, Sewell had his – it took his lumps. But ultimately, I, th- I think given uh, how high his highs were, yeah, there, there were some games where he just didn't look great moving. Yeah, which is weird. Um, yeah, which Still is weird. weird to me, yeah. But I, I think he, he – the flip-flopping of left to right tackle, he looked better at left tackle. I hope that's the plan going forward. And you know what, um, though? The, the the good thing to give him credit for, obviously he, he was a little struggling at, at the start at right tackle. Flipped to left tackle, looked better, but I thought when he came back to play right, he looked better. Yeah, he, he did. It's almost like a, like, a, like a flip to switch for him and like helped him just – Maybe just seeing the game from the left side where he's so comfortable with and like seeing the speed of the NFL from that side. And I wasn't saying he wasn't already getting better at right, but just seeing it, just feeling it like that, maybe it helped him. I don't know if that makes any sense, but maybe. I don't know. But it did help. And, yeah, he, he was still up and down a bit down the stretch, but the, the highs were super high, like, yeah, very much. So. I, like, you no doubt he's a 10-year starter on the offensive line. Like, you, you feel just as good as you do as you took him yeah. in April. There was a couple right tackles who I thought showed a lot of promises, rookies too, and I just want to shout them out. Spencer Brown. Is that your next runner-up? I think so, right? Me too. It's got to yep. be. Yep. Uh, Sam Cosme, prior to the injury, was playing quite well. I think uh, if he Larry, played the whole season, it probably would have been him over Brown, but very close. Uh, and Larry Borum, my guy. Yep. Yeah, the king. Uh, the left tackles, less so, but like Dan Moore exceeded my expectations ultimately. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Christian Darasaw was really up and down. Yes. But when he was on, he looked good. Yes. Uh, moving to the defense, starting with the edge. Uh, I put Micah Parsons here. I, I'm assuming you put him for the flex. I, I'm a traditionalist. My flex is a nickel because I want this to be a real base defense. Yeah, so I changed, I changed it up this year. I, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I wanted to give it to another edge over a nickel and – I feel like truly Micah Parsons is a flex, you know, like he he split so much time between rush and the passer. And well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. My, my my decision came down to would the the edge I talk about over Micah Parsons be better than the nickel I'm going to talk about, and the answer was no. So that's how I landed with Micah Parsons as an edge. Yeah, I think I think mine is a yes. 
in my opinion. Okay. I, I thought um, about that too, yeah. But obviously, either way, Michael Parsons is the best defensive rookie I think we, we've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the most exciting. Yeah. The most – just the the ridiculousness that he can be an all-pro edge rusher or an all-pro off-ball linebacker. Like, he can cover running backs on wheel routes and throw your left tackle into the ground, get a sack. He had 20 TFLs, 30 QB hits, 13 sacks on the year. Um, he he made me want to watch the Cowboys' defense. Yeah. Uh, shit. You know what? Give all the credit to Dan Quinn. It was Dan Quinn. Head coach. Yeah, exactly. He can do this with anyone. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, we talked about Parsons. Parsons was pretty much our defensive rookie of the week every week. Yeah. If he wanted to be like, if we wanted him to be, he would have been. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If one of us was feeling lazy, we just put him there and it was deserved. Like you just said. So obviously he, I put him for edge. Who is your top edge then? So I get what you're saying with edge where like, clearly if he's edge, he's the top edge and no one's close. And if he's linebacker, you the same story. Um, and I thought the edge spot was tough. I, I feel like there's a couple guys deserving it. I gave it to Odafe Owe, my top guy. Okay, I, I, I don't, I have him as my runner-up. Um, I feel like Edge is like the most debatable spot in this whole team. I think the debate, taking Parsons out of the equation, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, Jalen Phillips, and Odafe Owe. Those are my three. I gave it to Jalen Phillips because his, I thought he got better as the season went on as Owe disappeared. Uh, I, I thought Jalen Phillips was more impactful against the run game. Um, J- Jalen Phillips had a couple games where he, he just really took over at times, especially in the second half. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, I thought the same problem was he was hot early. He really faded down the stretch. Yeah, eight sacks. Uh, he, he'd be my third guy. He is my third um, guy. But, uh, yeah, so. So you go, I, you go Ojolari over away. I no 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 I'm I'm saying I go Jalen okay. so Michael Parsons Jalen Phillips Owe Ojolari okay so I go Owe Phillips and so we're, so we're on the same page here our edges are the same it's just Michael Parsons so F- Phillips is on the team though uh, right? I guess because vo- the way voting works yeah it would be okay so <laughs> what what do you want to do with this Michael Michael Parsons conundrum do you want to do a nickel or do you want to do Michael Parsons as a flex uh, let's get to your uh, your pitch for your nickel and then we'll decide. Okay, so hold off on that for now? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's jump to interior defensive line where it wasn't a great class and that, that was reflected by <laughs> the play the, yeah, the, exactly. the play of the rookies uh, or lack thereof. But, I mean, Christian Barmore was the flashiest. Osa maybe the most consistent throughout, and that I think pretty clearly those are the top two. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, Barmore was great. I feel like his season – Underappreciated, and especially when you come, you look at the stats. Not as good as I thought when I. No, I thought he had way more uh, sacks than one and a half sacks because he was all over quarterbacks in key situations. Yeah, forty six pressures, which is pretty ridiculous. Like he had more pressures than Jalen Phillips. That's pretty ridiculous. Like that like, is ridiculous. <laughs> and more than uh, Ochilari too. Um, yeah, sorry. That quickly, I'll go back. Oda Owe had more pressures than both of them too, and had more hits. That's kind of when I gave it to him. Um, okay. But yeah, Barmore, Barmore, forty six pressures from the ideal as a rookie. Uh, on a playoff team, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. And yeah, it only stacked up to like three TFLs in a, half, a sack and a half. Uh, but I don't care. He's he's one of the most promising ideals going in in the NFL right now. And he's on the right team to become a, uh, a dude. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think he found the and, perfect home. And his stock being all over the place going into the draft and finally finding that was kind of perfect, a, a perfect landing spot for him. And he shined right away. And Osa, almost coming out of nowhere to be an immediate impact half starter at least yeah for the for a good cowboys defense i thought was one of the more pleasant surprises of this rookie group um especially because he was a tweener coming out of ucla i thought he'd be used as a rotational guy who plays a little on the edge uh on rundowns a little inside on pass downs but he just pretty much played inside the whole year and and did a great job big hit for aj you gotta give credit that was one of our well you that was one of our most. You didn't watch him. You just saw UCLA defensive I just, tackle. Yeah, it was. I was. I was. I. I went way against you on that. I just saw that Bruins helmet. I'm like, I'm in, baby. <laughs> no, but I didn't think he'd be this consistent year one either. As as a big OSA fan, um, no, really impressive. And I love the landing spot because I'm like, yeah, they need him. <laughs> this this works great. And I'm like, yeah, Dan Quinn knows his three techs, baby. So <laughs> it worked. It worked great. Um, yeah. 
Okay, you, you you get a pat on the back for that, but the top runner ups, my guy Milton Williams, who had a great uh, a great playoff game. So shout out Milton. Yeah, I, I kind of split my runner up between Lee McNeil and Milton Williams. I think upside is Milton Williams. Oh, ri- my my other runner up was Roy Lopez, who I thought <laughs> probably next. came out of nowhere. Yeah, to, he was to be to be like he's the Texans starting nose tackle yeah. now. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I think it's I think Aleem and Milton kind of split in the Lopez next. Hmm. Uh, linebacker, kind of, I don't think much thought had to go into this to pick the two. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, who was playing at a defensive rookie of the year level, maybe a shape like a, a couple steps behind Micah Parsons. Like but an average year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in doing some pretty ridiculous things with his athleticism for the Browns. Um, got hurt, came back. Took him some time. Got got. Did I don't think ever quite returned to the level of play he had been Agreed. at. But still, a really good year. Seventy six tackles, uh, three TFLs, a sack and a half. Uh, and then Nick Bolton, it kind of went the opposite way. Where I thought he struggled a lot, but then when that Chiefs defense kind of started to figure itself out under Spags, yeah. uh, and they deployed him a lot better, specifically as a run guy, he became a big time uh, player for them. He led all rookies in tackles, one hundred twelve, had eleven TFLs, and he had that touchdown. Yeah, a huge impact play. Um, with Bolton, you know what? Like, like he was struggling early, but I, I could feel it coming. Like, I knew he was gonna get his shit together. And yeah, like you said, it's a lot on Spags just, just feeling it. But that defense felt so hapless at the beginning, and, and I'm like, Bolton is the only one playing with fucking real intensity at this point. So I'm like, when the rest of this defense figures it out, he's gonna be a big part, and he was. And, and Jeremiah Wasukomura, of course, was was the chess piece as advertised, doing doing things no one else could do. I mean, even though Parsons, the only, it's quickly a ridiculous Parsons stat. He he had 250 coverage snaps and pass rush snaps, and the only player in the league to do that. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't so, know if the last so, person to do that, but yeah, that's disgusting. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, but Jock, the, uh, the injury slowed him down, and there's the tackling issues. But still, I think like the another guy that just that slipped that shouldn't have, and I think that's obvious. Yeah. Uh, the the runner ups, I give it to Ernest Jones and Pete Werner. I would give it to Werner and then Jones, but yeah, I agree. I think those are the two. Yeah, sorry, like. sorry. The, uh, I didn't put much thought into the order there. But <laughs> Ernest Jones becoming one of the most uh, shocking picks and then yeah, kind of kind of lived up yep. to it to some extent. Reverse my pat on the back. That was a big miss from AJ. <laughs> uh, do you want to do flex now? Yeah, I want to I want to hear who you, you put in the flex. Okay, so I, I give it to Nate Hobbs, the Raiders nickel. Yeah. Um, there was a couple – I really just looked only at nickels for this, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the runner-ups for that were Elijah Molden, uh, the other Michael Carter, and Trey Norwood. Um, but I thought, like, Nate Hobbs was the Raiders – Casey Hayward was the best Raiders corner in years. Nate Hobbs is the only good Raiders corner that they drafted in years. Uh, Late-round pick, was he, he ended up in the, what, the sixth, yeah. fifth round. Uh, tested off the charts. I thought he was going to be a special team stud. I liked him a lot coming into Illinois as a day three special teamer. And he he stepped in and was pretty much immediately a starter. He started nine games, played in 16, um, and was a feisty MFer uh, in a bad secondary. And they used him and they, they blitzed him. They had him uh, shooting up on screens. I think, I think like, Nate Hubbs was a good nickel. And I just wanted to kind of highlight that because I thought that was bigger. I think that's fair. I mean, like, when I originally – I didn't know how I was going to do it exactly. I wasn't sure. I, might, I had to figure out where to put Parsons first between before my, I really put my defense together, right? And before I did that, I'm like, if my if it's my nickel, I think it's Hobbs. I, Molden crossed my mind too. Molden had a quietly a good year. And I kind of put – I said that towards the end of the year. Um, I feel like big media – PFF loves Nate Hobbs, but I think, like, the bigger media, even, like, some – he doesn't get the credit he deserves, though. So I think I'm like to kick off away who got a lot of love and put uh, Hobbs in there. I'm okay with that because he deserves yeah. the credit. We can just call it a nickel on the actual team. Okay. To to so people don't think uh, he's better than Oa or whatever. Yeah, he, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that because he is, he would get okay. the nickel but, spot absolutely. Uh, ultimately, we're picking between two Big Ten guys here, and that's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the top corner, obviously, is Patrick Sertan, the second. Um, if Micah Parsons didn't exist, I think he was the defensive rookie of the year. As advertised, the 
one of the cleanest, most pro-ready corners we had seen. Stepped in, Broncos corner one. Uh, and, uh, like, there wasn't really a bad game for no, him. No, there wasn't. I think that's such a credit. Uh, he, like, gave up no big plays on the season pretty much, which is ridiculous for a rookie. Uh, he had the turnover production, too. He had four, which is, like, right in line with the uh, with the rest of the, the like the top guys. Um, and it's so funny that, I, like you just said, Sertan and Parsons, the top two guys, and it really felt like like when the Broncos took Sertan, one pick ahead of the Cowboys, they were taking their guy. Like, that, that was – Sertan was supposed to be their guy, right? And Yeah. Yep. And, like, I don't know. Like, even when they took Parsons, I'm like – Great player. I don't. I'm not. Wasn't sure about it. I like. I like stupid now. Obviously, it's worked out amazingly, um, because like the position of value. But then, of course, they found that he's the fucking best edge rusher in the league too. But, yeah, <laughs> which I didn't which, expect. Hey, can, I knew we could do. I was do, thinking but, about this. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was thinking about the same. What like should we not be like questioning James Franklin to some extent that there was like Michael Parsons blitz at times for Penn State, but and, and sometimes would but. The fact that they didn't have him rushing the passer far more, is that not a little shocking? Danquin's a better coach than James Franklin. I've always said it. Like, it is. It I don't is. know. that, Especially in college, and like where he, it's like, you just get like, your best player on defense rush the passer. And, I don't know what's so, up. Yeah. He, he, he was a defensive end in high school. He was a yeah. five-star defensive end yeah. coming out of high school, and they... They played him at linebacker to get him on the field, rightfully so. But no, you, you know what it was. Like no, I resp- no, no. This is what it was. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Franklin here. What's Penn State called? Edge you or linebacker you? No, you're right. You're right. But no, you're right. Oh, he's right. You're right. They should have let him. And like, I think that's what like, like obviously going to the draft, we knew like he played edge, and like, and there were some people that were like he might just be an edge, but we're like, no, just leave him. I think we're both on the same camp. Like, leave him linebacker, let yeah. him rush the passer in situations. And I thought like that's what his role is going to be in the NFL. And uh, little did we know that he can flip back and forth from play to play and, and be the best of it at it in the league at both spots, which is or you know amongst rookies at least, and which is really ridiculous. Uh, I like I like that we're on the corner talk and we've just we've gone back into Michael Parsons talk. He deserves um, it. Okay, so Sertan, obviously the top corner here. Who's your number two corner? Because there's a couple guys who played pretty well and a, a couple guys who played a lot. Yeah, tough spot. I think this is the second, or maybe maybe it is the toughest. I don't think it had the toughest spot in the whole team. I'll say it again on the defense at least. <laughs> um, I gave to Eric Stokes of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, so I think the conversation is Stokes and Paulson Adebo. Okay, Newton. Actually, Greg Newsom was my next guy, and then I would go Adebo. Greg Greg Newsom was my guy after those. Okay, and then I would go Tyson Campbell. Yeah, I think that's fair. Who I think had the toughest situation and. Got better and better each week, yeah. which was awesome to see. Yeah, and I think Stokes just was in a good situation. But even without, you know, Jair Alexander, I keep saying this. I've I seen them both together. And got better and better every week and in big, big spots. And um, seeing him cover these – I mean, Ayuk just had a good week. And seeing him next in the in the divisional round against this Niners can be fun as hell. And – oh, you gave it to Stokes though, right? Uh, and, and I think the difference being that – and it, it, we've mentioned – like, I think Paulson Adebo is the only guy – on that throughout the whole season that had earned defensive rookie of the week multiple times, but also worst, worst, worst defensive player? rookie yeah. or worst, worst player worst rookie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that just, I, th- I think that comes to consistency and that's what gives Stokes the nod over him. Yeah, I don't think but, did Stokes uh, ever I, get a defense rookie of the week from either of us. No, but I think he got a worst from me against the Vikings or, Vikings early in the season. He was a flash for me a lot. I'll, I know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. He he, he was always uh, up there for that. Um, I knew some going to him. He he really cooled off. Great, great start. As the Browns team kind of cooled off. So did Got he. banged out. Yeah, he got banged out. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Jock, similarly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, Hobbs as, as the nickel and the safeties. I thought the safeties were pretty obvious. The two best in the class, too. Yeah, uh, obviously Trevon Merrig, who uh, I mean you can alternate. I don't really. I didn't, have, I didn't put a top guy in a second guy here. Just the safeties. Uh, yeah. Who consistent as fuck? Uh, well, yep. I think the fun thing is how different the the Trevon Hall and Trevon Merrig. Spoilers. Well, wow. yeah, they complement each other Hall, so well. <laughs> Hall, uh, yeah, Holland. I mean, just go to that game where they blitz the hell out of them. They yeah, blitz so fun. They blitz the hell out of him and Brandon Jones. Uh, Shout out Brown Flores. Um, but. The fact that like he he became more of a defensive weapon who 
would line up all over, whereas Trevon Morig was the deep safety that Gus Bradley loves and rarely had to play like inside 10 yards. And because of that, I think he like didn't get much credit throughout the year, which isn't a bad thing. It's almost like he wasn't getting burned, so no one talked exactly. about him. Yeah. Uh, and, and he played, uh, and I think I said this uh, last week when you were talking about him, he played 100% of the snaps in uh, every game except for one where he played 93%. Yeah. And like he was playing a ton. I think the reason it the, the credit didn't come is one pick and six six uh, pass breakups. Yeah. Like it's just um, – he he had that almost pick that was like that crazy drop. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, again, I, I think the plays on the ball are going to come for him. Um, yeah, but regardless, on a team that uh, going into the season, the defense looked fucking murky as shit. Even through the season, um, him just patrolling the back end and limiting the big plays, and him not getting burned uh, is something a big, big credit to him. And Holland was fun as hell, man. Like, I mean, pretty much as advertised, and I'm glad that they used him. I hope the next coach or defensive coach that gets in there. Uh, you know, uses him well, and he stuffed the sat box. You know, had a couple TFLs, had a couple picks, uh, 10, 10 uh, pass deflections, uh, a couple forced fumble, uh, fumble recoveries, a couple sacks. Like, he just, he was Mr. Everything on the back end, and they, it really felt like they had a plan for him every single game. And I think that, that was so much fun. Um, my runners up for this are, are one guy who only started a, a couple games, um, and that, that's Cam Bynum, who looked good when he did play. He just didn't play a yeah. ton. Uh, and Caden Stearns, who was like kind of consistently a third safety for the Broncos all year. Yeah. And had some flashy games. And you talked about him a couple yeah, times. Yeah, Stearns was my runner-up. And, yeah, like he had that one game where he made play after play after play. Like I said, kind of like the third guy. He wasn't on the field too, too much. He had a couple rocky, rocky games too. But <clears throat> the potential is there. And it's pretty cool that, like, I don't know, like uh, like we he had this much of an impact as a, as a safety three as a rookie. Yeah. All right, finally, special teams. Our favorite. Locks. Locks uh, over where, this place, yeah. Where Evan McPherson had just one of the best rookie kicking years I've ever seen. But, uh, my biggest um, miss, I'll, I'll own up to it, on the, on, during, the during the draft, he, yeah. He, he went 9 for 11 on 50-plus yard kicks. I, I, I don't know if a Bengals has ever done this, but I can tell you right now, no Cincinnati Bengals has ever, ever done that. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was overshadowed, like, obviously kickers just are overshadowed in general. But I think it was just overshadowed by the fact that the Bengals have so many guys yeah. who are doing impressive things, like between their defensive free agent signings, Joe Burrow um, Jamar and Chase, uh, Jamar yeah. Chase. But Evan McPherson deserves, deserves some damn credit for how good he was all year. Mr. Consistent looks like he's going to be a top 10 kicker in this league for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And he, I didn't think he had, like, the long kicks, and I look stupid now. And uh he only missed a couple five kicks on the season. No, he he. There was games where like, like there was like halves where they the office wasn't going too much, and he was keeping them in games, or winning games. Yeah. Like, it was great. And, and sticking in the AFC North, uh, the the only punter option here is Presley Harvin, <laughs> yeah. who Pre- Presley Harvin was the opposite of consistent. He would go from <laughs> banging a sixty yard punt inside the twenty to shanking one twenty yards. Uh, finished with forty two point six average, thirty eight net. Uh, twenty-five inside the twenty and, and three touchbacks. Like, it wasn't a great year. You 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 saw some good stuff. You saw some bad stuff. I think he's gonna need to to really take it up a notch in year two to keep that job though. Um, look, when entering the playoffs last week, what did Ben say this was all about? Fun and who embodiments? Who's the embodiment of fun on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Presley Harvin. Tell me I'm wrong. It, you're not. He deserves okay. it. Uh, kick return specialist or return specialist, super easy as well. Yeah. Uh, Kenny and Wangwu, who only returned eighteen kicks, but managed to score two touchdowns. Only guy in the league to score two. Uh, Thirty-two point two are returns, which would have been best in the league if he had enough uh, to, to qualify, enough return attempts. And and just looks like he's going to be one of the best kick returners in general. Going and through. that's what they drafted him for. And it was a big yeah. Hit for the Vikings. And, and, Big time. Uh, Avery Williams is the runner-up who quietly had a, had a very solid kick and punt return and season. And a couple of big special teams plays, too. Absolutely. Good, yeah. He, he lived up to the hype as best special teams player in the class. Yeah. Um, and special team uh, or special teamer for this team 
Uh, I was debating two guys. Two guys I, I anointed special teams linebackers <laughs> during the draft process last year. So this was a tough one for me. And I, So I'm going to ask you who you put. I put Grant Stewart. I put Nick Neiman just slightly over Grant Stewart. And now I thought Stewart was showcased more mm-hmm. because of his hair and the Buccaneers <laughs> playing in bigger games. Yeah. But Nick Neiman was the more consistent punt cover man overall. Uh, now, Nick Neiman had 14 special teams tackled, tied for sixth in the league. Uh, Stewart had 12, which was like tied for like 12th in the league or something. Um, so I, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm really torn here, AJ. I'm going to tell you this. Do you want to give it to Stewart because he's got the hair? I don't know. I just want you to follow your heart. Yeah, you're right. It's it's Grant Stewart. Um, <laughs> because because he was Mister Relevant. Yeah, it should be Grant Stewart. Uh, John Radigan, next runner up. What a year! Go Army, beat Navy. Um, if <laughs> he got hurt too, which sucks. He was really good for the Seahawks. Um, good special teams here for rookies. It was. It was definitely it was. And uh, we already know next year's going to be even better with this kicker and punter class. Kicker's going to be such a hot debate next year, Rob. Uh, next episode, we are going to do the... <laughs> Rob's gone already, but I'm going to finish the show myself. We're going to do the uh, declaration special, baby. See you tomorrow. Goodbye.